It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, Evan Damarell, co-host of Locked On Cavs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. On a little sleepier episode of Locked On Cavs, Chris and I recap the Game 3 of the Cavs preseason against in a loss to the New York Knicks and kind of a just overall lackluster game, but there are some interesting talking points here. But be sure to stay tuned for today's episode of Locked On Cavs, again, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. But today's episode of Locked On Cavs is also brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have produced a uniquely beautiful diamond ring, launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. This exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches on January 18th, and you can preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com. With the fifth pick in the 2020 NBA Draft, the Cleveland Cavaliers select Isaac Okoro from Auburn University. Quarter on none, launches. He knocks it down. Good section. On the blow by. Both inside. And off to Garland for three. He knocks it down. Drummond grabs it out, lets the Garland. Up top. Oh, oh. And, uh, Cleveland, this is for you. Chris, how you doing? We were having, oh, thank you for the Christmas card. It showed up. Uh, I'm, oh, wonderful. Yeah. Thank, no. thank, you, can, you can thank Leanne. Leanne did that. I deserve no credit. Well, no, I'll, it had both your names on it. Um, yes, for but those, she deserves credit. Yeah, and, um. You know, it's a lovely card. Thank you very much for it. But how you how you doing, buddy? Are you snowed in? No, you know, there's not really much snow um, right now in in the my my area. Oh, I, um, I don't to, th- thought you were about to dox yourself live on locked on calves. No, I, no. Um, but I, I, you know, I I think hopefully we're not getting a ton. I don't mind snow. I'm not a anti snow person, but. Um, you know, it's uh, it's. I'm happy if we don't get like as much as we did last time. You know, but yeah. uh, White Christmas, good by me. How are you? I'm not too bad. Uh, did you watch Hey Arnold as a kid? Uh, somewhat. 
do you remember at least the one scene the mailman saying he hates the snow he hates the snow he hates the cold and he hates the sleep boy he sure does hate the snow that's me i I hate snow so much no that's fair snow much if you will but uh, i'm good um I'm I'm bringing the energy a little bit right now. It's a little later. We're recording this almost immediately after media availability from Cavs Knicks. The Cavs lost this game, 100 to 93, and they were up big for a while. And my brain shut off about midway through the third because it was just peak preseason basketball with the starting lineup of the Canton Charge and the starting lineup of last year's New York Knicks and Obi Toppin going toe to toe with each other. And I'm like, oh boy, there's another one of these on Friday. <laughs> and I am Evan. I'm over. I'm over preseason so basketball. Am I. Like, I, I'm happy that basketball's back. I will be more interested if you know the Cavs can like entitled and spoiled be sound because we were nine months removed. And I'm like, I'm over this. Give me the real thing. <laughs> no, but like, here's the thing. Like, some of this is like interesting. If like we can get, um, you know, more, like I, I am, I cannot wait to see what Colin Sexton looks like. Like that, that is something I'm eagerly anticipating. Like I would like to see Kevin Love play basketball. Like I want to see how the small forward situation, you know, sorts itself out. Like yeah, I, I like I, there's a lot that I'm interested in, but like I am no offense to the guys playing at the end of this game, but these guys are not going to necessarily totally matter when we get into like the actual season and and things are kind of moving forward and like. I, I am just ready for whatever we're going to dub real, and I do think there's going to be some growing pains with this Cavs team because you are going to have, like, maybe one game where, like, most of your guys are healthy and, like, you know, it sounds – I don't we don't really know what's up with Larry Nance explicitly aside from the fact that he's not with the team in New York. Dog, and, he's like, got he's a concussion. Well, did they have they said that he's he's in the protocol? Did yeah. they say that he has a concussion? Well, I would assume being in the concussion protocol means he has a concussion. Yeah, I'm just going by the letter of like the facts here. Like, so I'm just saying, like, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go facts here. Lock um, on Cavspiracy with Chris Manning, folks. Yeah. Late night, not a loom. Late. Well, let's not go there because no. they might be but, listening. No. No, but my thing with this is just I, I want to, like, actually see this team and the, the guys that I think are solid and how it all works because there's stuff that I'm very interested in. There's stuff that I'm a little just baffled by. Um, and, and we'll talk about that in the coming days and, and everything like that. But it's just, like, like I want to just get on with the stuff and actually start figuring some stuff out because, like, I can already tell you how I feel about certain things, but I need, I need to see it in, like, real minutes and, like, when stuff's actually being run and not just, like, some of the – the, the the not real sets being run that are at the end of this game. Like, the end of this game is functionally just, like, weird pickup basketball. No, it really was weird pickup basketball with, like, a sprinkling of Isaac Okoro mixed in. Uh, like, it's not a unfair to call it, like, the Canton, the Canton, Canton charge featuring, like, Dylan Windler at times. And that's, yeah. like, unfortunate, but that's, that's just, like, kind of what it is. Well, Dylan Windler is the Canton charge, last I checked, so he hasn't played regular season minutes for the Cavs, but he has for the charge. But um, that was my Poor joke of the night. Uh, Dylan, I'm, for those listening, Dylan Wendler said he's doing fine. And he was just a little nervous, and the Cavs are being extra cautious because he landed weirdly on his left leg, but he popped into the media availability session on Zoom and shared with us that he's doing okay and just yeah, I don't expect him to play on Friday. But um, an interesting nugget, actually, that came from this is the cat or JB shared with me. I just asked him straight up. I said, hey, do you know if uh, – what your starting lineup's going to be next week when they take on Charlotte, uh, which is a week from today. Yes, it is. It is a week from today. And he said, yeah, we, we have a good idea of what we're going to be, who we're going to be starting. It just depends on who is and isn't healthy, which to me screams that we already know it's going to be Darius Collin, Kevin, Andre, 
and healthy to me means is if Jetty's healthy, he'll be the starting three on opening night. And if not, it'll be Isaac. But I think he's really going to stick to this mentality that he's going to make Isaac Okoro earn his minutes in this rotation and it's possibly even starting minutes in this rotation. Yeah, that's fair. Um, can I ask you just when we're, when we're thinking about this, is there anything else from this game that you're like, okay, like this mattered? Because there's the, there's a couple things that um, I will say do. I would just say like uh, we're looking at um, – you know, in terms of looking at uh, one Isaac Okoro, like it's it's I don't I, I don't want to like go here and tell you that he's going to be able to shoot because like it is too early for us to actually know that this is going to hold. But he's very confident in it, and like I think the shot looks like mostly pretty good. So like I feel pretty good about that. Um, mm-hmm. I think if you're looking at, um, you know, I think what Darius Garland's strengths and weaknesses are right now, like I do feel like we have a better grasp on some of that stuff. I do yeah. feel like I have a much better read on Drummond. Um, and, and the stuff is it a good read? Do. Well, there's stuff that I like. Like I, I'm doing. Um, I was clipping some video. Um, after the game for the threads I've been doing uh, on my feed, and like there's passing that I'm just like, okay, like you can really utilize this with him and love, and like generate some stuff that that I think is interesting. And this was the first time we've seen this this kind of version of Drummond um in the preseason, and it's not even like in lineups that are like really optimal in terms of spacing and and guys that know how to cut and whatever. Um, like, I mean, like, Thon Maker was, like, hanging out in the corner. Like, no, no one gives a shit if Thon... Like, you know what I mean? Like, defense yeah. don't care. But, like, I, I want to... Like, the... You know, he remains this guy that I just, like, wanted. I would love to know. And it's, like, a question that I don't feel like you would get an actual answer to. And it probably just piss him off. So it's not really even worth it. But it's, like, I want to know why he's a guy who's so big and strong and, like, only really uses his body. Like, that, that little um, post movie had on on Mitchell Robinson where he like spun put his shoulder into him and got the N one was like really really impressive and I just want to see more of that and that drum and I can like buy as like a really impactful player but it's mm-hmm. just not something you see enough the passing though is really interesting so there, there's stuff that I'm interested in and there's stuff I just want to see and I I told you before so recording I think the Dylan Windler thing is just going to take some time um yeah. I, I almost wonder if some of the JB like this guy is is playing really well he's been really good in camp etc is a little like boosting him publicly because I, it seems to me like he's just in his own head a little bit yeah just um you're just you just looking like he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't look quite settled and that's some of the stuff that pops but again like we haven't seen Colin Sexton we haven't seen whatever the hell is going on with Kevin Porter Jr. like there's just a lot that we still don't know what's going on here. yeah well to for the I was waiting for an opportunity for you to bring this up. Um, None of us know what's really going on with Kevin Porter Jr., and the answer is not going to change until the Cavs make Kevin Porter Jr. more available or they make his status more available to the media. And um, unless somebody's doing some super sleuthy investigative journalism behind the scenes, I doubt the Cavs are a pretty tight-lipped organization to begin with, and I think they're trying to support and take care of Kevin Porter Jr. and take care of this internally. So... I hate to be the bubble burster here, but I, I, every time somebody asks, I don't have an update on Kevin Porter Jr. I feel bad, but um, yeah, no, it's just like it's not just him. There's McGee as well, who you figure is going to play 15, 20 minutes a night tops, just because of his asthma and everything else, and just you know the fact that he's pretty far. I mean, he's been a part of shootarounds, he's been a part of practices, but he's pretty far behind in terms of just what he the Cavs need him to do. Maybe, maybe there are certain things that JB wants him to do, but I mean. I feel like there's a little bit of an easable, easy translating factor as well to JaVale coming into this rotation. But Colin, I'm not too, too worried about. I just think it's more so you want him to get those reps because he's been away from the game for nine months. And I do think he'll be play, he will play Friday in that expedition against the Knicks, but it'll be maybe a quarter, quarter and a half tops. 
John Michael said that, and I thought that was notable. I also thought it was notable if you watch him on the sidelines. He's, like, already kind of, like, talking with guys and, like, talking to them as they come off the court. Andre, Bolden, like, those guys. Like, And I, th- I think that's notable. It's a sign that I think JaVale's not going to be, like, a, a kind of a bad vibe. Like, I think he's actually going to come in and kind of walk the walk on some of the stuff he was, you know, talking about doing in his little media appearance. So I, I mm-hmm. think that's all really interesting. So, you know, I, I'm curious to see how – this does progress and we'll see where we're going here but yeah I, I, there's definitely interesting stuff i just i'm ready for us to get to the stuff we're like okay here are the 11 cleveland cavaliers who are going to play like here are the the guys that are going to get the most minutes like here's the things we're watching for and like have a better understanding of that because right now we just we just don't and that's like preseason and all this time off and injuries and everything but like i mean it's just so apparent like dante exum doesn't play and like dante exum's a fine player but it's like Oh my God! This team needs has like a, like a severe playmaking issue when it's like mm-hmm. Kevin and Jetty and um, and Dante and, and Colin are playing like and it's just like so apparent and it's like that's like a real concern. But it also is just something that like we're gonna get instead of having no playmaking, we're gonna find out how good the playmaking is, and that's mm-hmm. just more enjoyable to watch. Well, Chris, we're worried about the Cavs' health and well-being heading into the season preseason finale and the regular season opener. But, you know, help them get their body right. Our friends at Bilt Bar, why don't you tell me more about them? Yeah, so Bilt Bar, if you don't know, is back. It's even deliciouser, which is a weird word, but we're, we're going with it. And it has 18 amazing overall flavors, including six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, apple almond crisp, and carrot cake. Um, some of the original flavors are coconut almond, double chocolate, coconut, regular coconut, peanut butter brownie, and a favorite of mine, mint brownie. These are protein bars covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They're great for the health-conscious guy. They can help you lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. Great for anyone trying to follow a keto diet. Um, and if you want to get the flavor profiles, Cherry barcia, another great flavor, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs. Right now, you can get a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. There are also limited edition holiday flavors that I would recommend to go checking out and if you're into the candy cane things of the world. And go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKDOWN and you get 20% off your next order. Promo code LOCKDOWN for 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Chris, while you're consuming those Built Bars, you know what you should be checking out as well? Locked on Bets. Betting on the Cavs doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. Again, that's Locked On Bets brought to you by betonline.ag, the exclusive betting partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we are back. Chris, that was a great talk from Bet Online. From Locked On Bets, brought to you by Bet Online AG and our friends at Built Bar. But looking ahead, JB also did note that the Cavs were, well, he was going to speak with the front office of Kobe Altman and his staff. And 
because Chris Fedor asked about this, um, what the team was going to do with their 15th man spot, because right now there's not a ton of guarantees. Like the, the Cavs rotation is likely set in stone, depending on health, heading into uh, the home opener against Charlotte. But he said the Cat team might leave that roster spot open, and that makes my, uh, well, Thon Maker himself is making it easy for me not to believe he's going to make this team, but um, it makes it seem less likely that Thon Maker may be a Cavalier by the time the preseason wraps up. Yeah, um, I was thinking about this during the game. Like, would you rather have Thon Maker, Marquise Bolden, or the 15th roster spot? spot? And well, so I, I guess like the the benefit of that would be like if a if a player becomes available and you want to scoop him up, or if you want to like do a trade and take back an extra guy, like I think that matters. Um, I I would argue that if you are gonna do that, I almost would probably, uh, I would probably like. I would probably like do something different with one of your two-way deals. Maybe probably Matt Mooney, frankly, because I'm just more interested in Lamar Stevens. Because I think you do probably want, like, behind Drummond, Javale, and like if those are your two kind of quote-unquote fives, like I probably want another body just as like an insurance policy behind those two guys in terms of rest and coronavirus and everything. Um, so maybe like that comes into consideration too. I that's why I sort of thought like expanded rosters might have made sense for this season in some ways, and just kind of let guys teams kind of handle that in some ways. But like one, fifteen active players instead of thirteen. So yeah, yeah. Which okay, that's like a that's like a win or whatever. But I'm like look, I'm like, and I'm thinking about like the the possess the in terms of like, um, you know in terms of potential options and it's like there's not like a ton of guys now that i'm like okay let's definitely take a chance on that guy like i don't think there's any free agent that i'm like sure like maybe that guy works i mean like there's probably some you know some some guys out there that i'm like okay maybe that guy can make some sense and um you know like i don't think uh like you know theoretically like dragon bender i think is still a free agent if i'm not mistaken unless i'll check that while you are talking Right, but there, there's like some uh, younger guy he plays for like Maccabi that. Tel Aviv, like... So he he's with he's with our okay, sweet so prince like, okay. Zizek, So yeah, legends. <laughs> um, you know, like you, you have just options of things yeah. you could do, and like Alan Crabb is a free agent if you wanted to like get former a Cav draft pick Alan Crabb. Like he he yeah, uh, former Cav draft pick Alan Crabb, uh, th- second round pick and traded for two future seconds. Oh, like, I thought he was traded like for Tyler, part of the Tyler Zello to. trade. Uh, no. not according to Wikipedia, but anyway, like, it's, whatever, regardless, like, you could just, you could do something, but, like, I don't know, I'd rather just keep the roster spot open, and, and Thon, like, after the first game, I, you can go back and listen, like, has taken his no. not age well, but, our, you know, our take on Thon Maker has aged as well as Thon Maker's career in the NBA as a whole, um, you know, Andre Drummond did give him a quick shout out saying that, uh, it's like night and day playing alongside Thon again, so maybe gave him P- both of them PTSD back to their time in Detroit, but Audrey said he'll always have my back and I'll always have his, which is a nice sentiment, but yeah, Chris and I are both were kind of wrong on the Thon Maker experience, where actually, I'm half wrong, because this is our show and I can stroke my ego whenever I want. I like the idea of Thon Maker on paper a lot. You look at him physically, you look at his skill sets, you look at his advanced stats, you look at, not his advanced stats, you look at his numbers, like his per 36, you're like, okay, there might be a player here. There might be a modern big man who can be a stretch five here that, you know, can do, can protect the rim as well. He could be a spot minute type of big man, like a la like a very diet, diet Brooke Lopez, but it's just, 
he got the starting spot tonight, and he got a pretty decent chunk of minutes as well, and just he didn't put a lot with it. And you have Marquise Bolden, who granted is feasting on a very bad back-end Knicks team, but at least Bolden is trying and playing, having a little bit of effort and sense of urgency compared to Maker, where Maker just kind of looked lost, and he just did not look like a shooter at all. I think Austin Carr, John, it was Austin Carr, because Austin Carr is usually a lot more brutally honest when it comes to players. Um said that Thon's just not really a shooter and um, it just kind of looked like he was throwing some medicine balls up and it was just kind of disappointing to watch and then you have Bolden who kind of just knows what his role is he knows he's a defensive presence who can rebound and sometimes get some putbacks and maybe some plays run for him if like in a pick and roll situation but it's just underwhelming and uh, that's okay it's you know this is the type of thing the Cavs need to be doing, though. Like, Dante Exum is a player that looks like it's working out. You take these high draft picks, like Thon Maker was picked 10th overall in his draft. Dante was picked 5th in his draft, I believe. That may not have worked out with their prior team. You take them to a team like Cleveland, and they have a lot more opportunities, a lot more cracks to, you know, maybe show that they are an NBA player. And if they're not, it's a it's a low-cost uh, kind of situation for Cleveland and that's what it's turning into and that that's okay and yeah I, I'd keep that 15th spot open though because you never know maybe there is a a young player that I'm still looking at Oklahoma City they have way too many young players on their roster and they have to trim the fat on that team a little bit so there might be somebody who falls through as a casualty in OKC that the Cavs might scoop up or there could be other teams out there that have a similar situation because teams that are trying to play meaningful basketball may not want to lean on younger guys either and younger guys might want to look for better opportunities to play as well so it could be a little bit of a win-win scenario if the Cavs just kind of keep that chamber open for a player yeah I think you probably keep it open uh, more than anything else I think I, I guess like I wonder if like in a vacuum like would Jordan Bell be more interesting than these guys and I think you do the trade with the Lakers like 10 times out of 10 because like you just want like I just give me the pick like I know that I know like the mystery box is what it is but like give me the pick um in in some ways you know like I just give me that um but yeah I mean I, I think you just want to see what they do we'll see if they kind of do anything else and see if they they ultimately like are in a position to do some kind of trade because I do think they are a team that um you know, they are a team that is in a position to probably make some moves of some kind. And if you could be a team that can get like an extra, like take something back for another team and get some, cause you have that open roster spot. Like that's probably not a, th- like I would bet you, I don't know this. So this is just like a guess, but this is one of those times where I'd wonder if Kobe Altman thinks about this differently than, than JB, because Kobe is going to be like, okay, like I want to think about building the roster, building it for the future. Like I'm, I'm the architect of this team for not just now, but later. And I want to probably like that, that keeping that roster upside open is, is an advantage financially. It's an advantage in terms of trade facilitation, whatever JB is probably like, look, like I need, I want yeah. depth. Like I, I, if you're a coach and you're trying to do as best you can, you probably want some depth and you probably want the ability to have um, a backup center, have a backup guy there or whoever it is just to kind of give your roster a little more meat in a way that it doesn't, if you, you know, don't no, for sure. That I, I could have said it better myself. And I think that's also what JB kind of stressed, especially with the uncertainties with COVID the Cavs could have a few players out because one or two players test positive and it could be in the big man spot because, you know, it's still weird to think with now is it gone and John Henson gone and all these big guys gone. The Cavs are now hurting to find death behind Andre Drummond. And I know JaVale McGee's there. And like, as long as he stays healthy and all things considered, he stayed relatively healthy during his time with Golden State and the Lakers. So you hope that translates to Cleveland as well. Um, 
yeah, no, it's just it's a little bit of an area of concern. I don't think it's like the end of the world with the Cavs don't address it immediately. But yeah, I think they keep that roster spot open. I mean, maybe like someone plays really well, or maybe like I mean, we don't really know what the the money for Thon Maker would look like. Like maybe it could be one of those situations. Like do you remember when they yeah. had DeAndre Liggins and he was on the team for a little bit, but then his contract was like only guaranteed. Like they used him and played him, and like I think he started some big games, but then like his contract had this guarantee date, and they ultimately didn't need him, and they cut him, and they didn't have to spend all the money. Like you, maybe there's something like that in Thon's contract that like you or or Marquise's where you keep him for a little bit. And you get him some run, he's depth, but then like, you know, maybe before the trade deadline you're able to move on from that guy and it and it doesn't yeah. fully guarantee it's a way. Like at least like then like you're maybe bridging the gap a little way, but that's no, for sure. and uh I think this is a good place for us to put a pin in things and maybe we'll not maybe, but we will come back and talk a little bit about Dean Wade and just, you know, players that are finally getting opportunity because this was a pretty boring game, but there were some interesting wrinkles for players that we haven't seen a lot of during this preseason process that maybe can give you maybe excite the juices a little bit heading into next season and beyond all right yeah absolutely nba fans listen up the locked on nba podcast is getting you ready for the start of the regular season with a special week of team preview podcasts all this week plus waiver wire additions from locked on fantasy basketball and rookies to watch from draft guru chad ford chris and i'll be tuning into the preview of the Hornets team preview because that's who the Cavs are opening up their season against and we need to have as much intel as we can so we look prepared when we're talking about Charlotte basketball and and yeah and they they just yeah. had a Gordon Hayward injury and that's going to be really important to consider on top of that as well so you might want to go listen to Locked on Hornets yes we certainly do so please go check out Locked on Hornets as always listen to Locked on Cavs and check out the Locked on NBA podcast preview so you can subscribe to Locked on NBA wherever you get your podcasts the NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we're back. Chris, you know, I read a joke actually about Gordon Hayward breaking his hand. I didn't want to have it in the ad break, so I waited until the segment started again. Um, people think Gordon Hayward broke his hand because that's what Mitch McConnell declared uh, Joe Biden as president. He just slammed his fist in rage. The, no, I think the better joke that I saw was the, um, the NBA injury report account tweeted that Gordon Hayward broke his hand during a parlor uh, board meeting. And I laughed at that one, but I want to, I want to, let's, let's, let's move, move on. on from that. That. Um, no. So this game against the Knicks was pretty boring. Let's just be frank. Andre Drummond was fun. Darius Garland showed a bunch of flashes. Isaac Okoro was steady, but you know, had a quiet night and that's okay. Can, yeah, can we talk about Garland? I just want I'm like watch I have I'm we're talking and I I have uh his I've been watching I've been yes. running through his shots um from this game. And there's stuff I'm like, yes. Like uh that there's that three he hits that's pretty good. Like there's some stuff where oh, he's, he's getting confident in the lane as hell. And I'm glad he's that. Um, yeah, but there's also just like he needs to like the I think his whole offensive season as a scorer is I know like people talk about like the three point willingness and everything and I that's probably part of it although like you don't want him to be like shot hunting because like you have enough guys that are gonna kind of do that like I don't think you want DG to kind of go too far the other way but I think his season offensively is at least as a scorer is really just gonna stem from 
Is he making his floater? And is he able to kind of navigate the trees a little bit better? Because, like, I'm watching him as a shooter, and, like, that spot-up three he hit off that drum yeah, pass was. was clean. Like, the, the, the out form was great. Like, 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 he didn't, like, load idea. up. I'm, again, that's the thing I'm drumming I like. But then I'm, and then there's like he had this nice finger roll where like Mitchell Robinson gave a late contest and he and he was able to finish it. Um, he had a really nice pass in this game where he like manipulated Mitchell Robinson midair and was able to find uh, Bolden at the rim. Like that's really impressive. But if he's not like he needs to hit those like if he's gonna take a lot of those, because I don't think he's gonna be a guy that draws a ton of fouls. I would be surprised if like that is something he does. Um, like there's the Kyrie thing where it's like, you almost wonder like why he doesn't do it more. It's like, he doesn't seek out the contact in that way. And that's, that's fine. That's a, that's a fair stylistic choice if you can do the other stuff really well. But the two, so for me, I'm watching, does he finish better through the trees at the rim? Does he make the floater? And is there like a quick pull up that he can add to his game? Like that's the stuff. It's all interior. Like I'm not worried about his three point shot. Really. I'm just worried about him finishing once he's attacking off the pick and roll as a scoring throw. Like that to me is gonna be really key to watch. And it wasn't great against the Knicks, even yeah, though. Yeah, no, he, he looks, looks super confident. confident. I think maybe just him finishing inside is a bit of a that's the next development in his game. Um you and I have always said that Garland's rookie year is a bit of a mulligan just because he's so hurt and wasn't able to fully put it together and maybe this is his one point five this is his gap year for a little bit where he has just kind of gets confidence in his body. He's looking a lot more mature physically out there on the floor he's um looking a lot more composed physically as well and he's starting to look yeah no he's super confident in his three-point shot and it's just there's a lot of little things where like just a few more adjustments he needs to make to finishing inside and finishing with contact and he's drawing fouls which is a good thing too but i think there are some encouraging signs of growth with garland but i do have a little bit of concern with the fact that he hasn't had to play with Colin Sexton. Um, there's no Della Vadova. There's no Dante Axum. And Darius Garland has had these, again, small moments where he pops for a second or two, or like has like a flash, like, ooh, that's cool. Or, But I need him to have like one of those games where like he takes it full advantage of the situation, where like there is no guard that is going to get in his way from having control of the ball or the offense. And I just still really haven't seen him put that fully together yet and maybe you have seen it while you're not analyzing film but i just like doing the just the basic eye test and then just checking up on him after the game and kind of like watching the game a sec. like i need to go back and watch this game a second time it'll, it'll be a fast forward game but i'll watch it a second time but um just there's something about darius that just still needs to click for me and that's what i'm waiting to happen and i don't know i saw it with sexton eventually too but darius is such a different player mentally than Sexton that I just don't know when that pop is going to happen. Yeah. And, and I think, I I think there, it's a different kind of pop too, because the, the, the playmaking pop is like sort of this more like subtle thing where you like notice it over time yeah. when you watch, oh, film, and at least you, for me, if you watch enough footage then, of it, you realize, and, like, okay, Darius is a competent enough. He knows how to move the rock and he is intelligent with his passes. It's they're not reckless most of the time. Yeah, like I'm, I'm like, so like I'm like, I just, uh, I, uh, I'm, I have the 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 assist up I'm gonna, that he made when he got Mitchell Robinson to jump. So Bolden sets like kind of a, like a screen, but he doesn't really set it. He darts early, like just enough to stop Alfred Payton from going step for step with Garland, but like he doesn't really like body him. So we start. He like sprints towards the rim real quick. Mitchell Robinson has to backpedal, 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 and he's like Mitchell Robinson is this long freak and. Garland is past uh, Peyton. Peyton, he, Peyton is on his hip. Or it might be Dennis Smith Jr. It's one of the two. I think it's Dennis Smith Jr. I apologize to, to, to the Knicks people listening to this if they're running. But he, st- so he, he jump stops. 
and he's and he looks like he's gonna try to shoot right like he 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 everything he does in terms of his body in terms of like how he's his motion looks like he's trying to put up a floater and the moment he sees Mitchell Robinson is going to try and jump, Garland is smooth enough where he like pulls his arms down and does a little d- drop off to to Bolden and Obi Toppin has absolutely no oh, chance to stop the shot. Obi Toppin like, doesn't literally have much none. chance to stop a shot. Um, with. Well, all I'm saying is Isaac Okoro looks like. Oh yeah, better. no, I feel validated. All the like I almost called, I almost called him something. Uh, mouth breathers. I was called a mouth breathers, but okay. but, the, but yeah. Okay, but I look at this, and I'm just like, yes, but it's like the scoring thing. It's like, I just think we're going to need to see, like, like, I, like, whereas, like, I, like, where it's like, okay, so Sexton, we want to, I want to see him run, like, a, a clean pick and roll for, like, half a season, and then we'll feel good about, like, his secondary playmaking. I want to see him run a clean pick and roll and be able to use and, that physicality, his to consistently draw contact. Yeah. Yeah, and with Garland, it's like, I want to see, like, one game yeah, where he that's... scores, like, 30 points. Like, I want to see, like, one just game where he just, like, is getting into the lane whenever he wants, and he's just hitting the floater, he's hitting the pull-up, and he's hitting threes, and it's like, okay, like, he has, like, a 30-point, like, like, 20, like, 25 and 6 on a night for Garland would be like, okay, like, this is where, like, he's clearly, he's yeah. clearly getting in. I think, I, I think we're going to get that I game. To, I need to um, see it happen. And, I, yeah, Charlotte is a pretty good opportunity for yeah, him to Charlotte's do that, Yeah, Charlotte's pretty bad defensively. Because... Bad defensively, kind of like the immobile Tyler Zellery big, where you can kind of manipulate him and, and do some some work there. It's not like Gobert, where he's you really got to worry about yeah. navigating the trees. And like if Lamelo's guarding him, Lamelo yeah. sucks on defense. Did you see Lamelo shoot a three the other day against the Raptors? Oh god, it hurt I my did. soul. And we wanted him on this team, but um, it would have been interesting. We'll say that much. But it would have been weird, like imagining him on this team now that we've like seen Okoro. But like the like, I'm also a mark for Okoro because like he does that. He had that like uh, that steal where he was just in help defense, and I'm like, the Cavs have had no one that will no, do this in have, three years. And there's little things with Okoro's game that are like pleasant surprises. Like I know Kevin O'Connor and some of the smarter folks who cover the draft more extensively say like, yeah, he has potential as a playmaker. With like his handle's a little loose, but it could if he tightens it up, he could be an okayish playmaker. Like he's Okoro's just made smart reads. He's made smart passes. He's made smart defensive reads and everything. Like Okoro's just been very steady, which I think is something the Cavs needed with this draft pick because they don't need anything crazy. They just need something steady. But back to Darius. Um, yeah, I think a 26-5 and five game would really get my juices going, and I do think it's coming. It's just I got to wait to see where it happens because I couldn't believe this, but before my brain went comatose during this game, um, John Michael pointed out the fact that Darius was on track to break Colin Sexton's rookie three-point record. I'm like, wait, he was? And I had to look it up, and he was. And like that's how kind of quiet and it, at times unremarkable <laughs> Darius's rookie season fell just compared to Collins because Collins was like legitimately exciting for some. Well, that Cavs team was putrid too. So when Sexton started putting it together, like that's when yeah. it became fun. But um, and he got Sexton got up. Sexton has gotten an organizational push in a way that Darius has not. Well, you know, um, like I'm sorry, but like Colin Sexton has been nominated a ton of times for Player of yeah. the Week by the team. Darius Garland is not. That is a team thing. That is not a player or coach's yeah, thing. That is fair. a team thing. Um, so. It's just, it's interesting to think like what the Cavs, I, I again, I, I, I keep seeing these flashes with Garland. Like, yeah, I get the upside. I get the appeal. I get why John Bayline said he was shooting from Nashville when they were in Los Angeles. And maybe John Bayline was just confused because back in the old days, Los Angeles didn't exist and Nashville's as far west as his pappy would go. But, um, 
Yeah, no, I think it's inevitable that Darius has a game, but he's showing a lot of confidence. He's a lot of swagger. I've heard reports, and it's been reported that like he has been the best player in camp, and he's been the best player in the bubble situation that they did. And I'm just kind of waiting to see him put it together for myself, just because I want. I really I like Darius Garland's skill set. I like him as a player. I think he's a fun player. Uh, if you look him at his apex, like there's games last season where he looked really, really sharp and locked in. I'm like, yeah, no, this is, is a good pick, but I need to see that on a more consistent basis so I can stop feeling so hesitant when it comes to talking about him. All right, last thing, because I, I texted you before this. I'm like, let's just 30, do a 24 minute podcast, and here we are doing like a yeah, third. Well, probably a little less after we cut out that little error we made. Um, okay, can I, yep. Dean Wade, I just want to, we haven't talked about him a lot. I just want to say yes or no when Kevin – he should be the guy that plays when slash if Kevin rests or, like, Larry – like, if Larry's out next yes. week with a concussion or, like, picks up a knock throughout the season. Yeah, and he, he could honestly play, right? play back up five and be the answer to our Thon Maker situation too. Oh, I – okay. I kind of like that, and it's bold, and you're going to suck yeah, defensively, you know but what? I don't the hate The Cavs aren't going to be very good at most things. Might as well experiment a little bit. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm a Wade believer, and I I think uh, I'm a yeah, Dotson. Yeah, I like Dot. I don't like Dots in the person, but Dots in the players fun. So it's been it's in an edge. Yeah, like I I, I certainly I don't yeah. like know him, so I don't want to like say the, like what he is, but I I think like the circumstances of um, his arrival, I think certainly you could have found other guys in other ways and whatever. And uh, yeah, I think, but I think in terms of what he's provided and how he's looked, he's looked really good and 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 competes his ass off on both ends. Yeah, of no, the he really they both have. Dean Wade was a lot of fun tonight. Dotson's been consistently fun. He's playing a little amp tonight because it's the Knicks and it's his former team, but I get it. But, yeah, no, it, it'll be an interesting thing to see how the Cavs shape up their roster to wrap oh. up the uh, preseason. Also, Madison Square Garden empty feels very weird. Um, and I'm like, I'm a, like, let's create more room for around the court for players, but, man, it does not, it does not feel right without, like, Spike Lee, like, talking shit on the sidelines yeah. in, in MSG. Yeah. They said the mojo was still. JB said the mojo is still there, but I think yeah, JB, JB's a, polite. That's fair. I, am not. I don't know. I, it's the Garden. I get it, but it's gonna be weird all year long. Like Miami or like <laughs> Oklahoma City's not gonna be deafening, or like Milwaukee's not gonna be crazy loud. It's just gonna be a weird time overall, and just the reality of the situation. But you know, this wouldn't happen if you take my advice and going forward please do not go out and about if you don't have to but if you do please wear a mask and practice so proper social distancing as always black lives matter you can find chris and i five days a week on locked on Cavs. we're also over at fear the source subscribe to the ineligible man downfield newsletter with chris jordan zerm and our friend of the pod alex hooper they do great work over there you can check me out at forbes and you can find us me on twitter at am not evan you can find chris on twitter at cwm rights and we are locked on Cavs. Thank you for listening. Send us mailbag oh, questions. Oh, that's we're right. Doing a mailbag we are doing tomorrow. a mailbag we'll tomorrow. Twitter. Yeah, but we we're doing, doing a mailbag. mailbag. Yes, this is how. We're not on our. We're in preseason form, too. We'll talk we're to y'all really soon. Professional. Later, guys. <laughs> hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 